You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. Good morning and welcome back to Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio. I am your host, Carol Morgan, and I'd like to recognize our show sponsor, Denim Marketing. At Denim Marketing, we try to make your marketing a comfortable fit. So give us a call if you need original content for public relations, social media, marketing campaigns, or blogs. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Bob Chapin. He is Senior Vice President with South State Bank, and he is coming on for our Legends of Real Estate segment. Bob has seen at least two recessions and lots of ebbs and flows of the real estate market during his years of experience in banking. And I'm really interested in his perspective and you know what he's seen over the last 40 years. So thank you so much for joining me, Bob, and welcome to the show. Well, Carol, thank you so much, and I appreciate the opportunity. And like some of your other guests, I don't think I don't I don't consider myself a legend, but uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> I do have to put in the plug real quick. I get your um, Atlanta Real Estate Forum email first one in my inbox every morning, typically, and it's always a good read. So I look forward to that. Great way to start a day. Thank you so much. We uh, we try to be first in. I think our our goal is for it to go out at seven and. Uh, if we miss it, then something has gone wrong at MailChimp or something has gone wrong with internal communication. <laughs> so anyway, well, thank you for that. I saw when I was going to kind of digging through your background that you attended Georgia Southern University. Does that mean you are one of the few Georgia natives? Yes, I am a Georgia native. I was born at Piedmont Hospital, um, as were my four boys. And I grew up in Doraville and my lovely wife grew up in Chambly. So I've I've been here all my life and I do have to just say one thing. I was at Georgia Southern when it was college, not university. So okay. that kind of tells you uh, how long ago it was. You say, I think I, I'm not sure I remember it being Georgia Southern College. So I don't even know if I know how long ago <laughs> that was. Well, I'll, I'll put it put in perspective. I left and Irk Russell came to start football. Wow. All so right. That was, that was the same year. That's exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, what did you study in college and what inspired you to get into banking and finance? Well, I ended up with a major in finance with an emphasis in banking and real estate, but it really goes back to growing up because, um, well, let me even go back further because my favorite movie still today, and it was growing up, is It's a Wonderful Life. Great movie. So I, I you know, I fell in love with the character George Bailey and just thought that was a great way to to do it. I love working with money. I love working with people. My dad was a controller of a company. So I grew up looking at spreadsheets. Um, I was treasurer of every club in high school. Um, so it just was, I thought banking was perfect. And then my senior year of high school, my dad suggested I go meet with the gentleman that we went to church with, Mr. Watkins, and we played golf with. Um, he was a senior manager at Peachtree Bank, an old DeKalb County small bank, and to see what I should major in in college to go into banking. Uh, you know, my dad had an ultimate plan with that. I didn't know, um, as <laughs> parents typically do. And so I went and met with Mr. Watkins, and he recommended my major. But then I walked out of there with a job for every summer and Christmas while I was wow. in Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. And I built a heck of a foundation for banking because I, I worked in the mail room. I ran a proof machine. People don't know what a microfish machine is, but I use that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I filed checks. I was a teller. I worked customer service. I worked in collections. You just, I did everything in the support. And so I knew what went on in the back, you know, the back rooms of the bank. So that was a heck of a opportunity for me. Fantastic opportunity. Well, so what was your first full-time job out of college? Well, I worked, I came on to the training program at Peachtree Bank. So I had a job when I came out of college and that was in 82 in the midst of a recession and interest wow. rates were 18, 19%. And I, I was really blessed to come out with a job, but I got into real estate because we're, our training class was sitting in a room and the head of real estate walked in and asked for a volunteer. <laughs> and my parents always told me when somebody in authority asks for a volunteer, be the first to raise your hand, even if you don't know what it's for. So I did. And their inspector for construction was leaving and they were going to be hiring a new one and they need somebody in the interim. So I got trained to be an inspector first summer out of college. I'm out on the job sites, you know, and, and you know what it's like being out on those job sites. You oh, just yeah. fall in love with the sights and the smells and the sounds. And, and I did. And so I told the head of real estate, hey, if there's ever an opening, please let me know. And within two years, there was an opening. And 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 that's that's how I got into, into that. Wow. Then that morphed into our bank, Peachtree Bank, merged into Trust Company, and we bought the Bank of Woodstock. And they had a small builder portfolio, and they needed somebody to go up there two days a week. And they sent me up there two days a week. and. Um, you know, just to to get learn that portfolio and try and manage it and then grow it. And that's where I met a guy named George McClure mm -hmm. um, and, and other great builders in Cherokee County. I bought a colony home that uh, Tom and Bono built up in uh, yeah. Brokes. So I moved up there and that's really I got that's where I got my feet wet lending to builders and and just the, the best part of the business. Wow. Golly, what a cool transition from, you know, college to full-time job mm -hmm. to merger, merger and volunteering, you know, putting your hand up. So, so many people are scared to do that because they don't know what they're getting into. So right, it's good advice. Um, wow. Well, how many recessions have you seen and what insight do you have as a result? Well, I, I got it. Uh, you know, as I told you, I've got a lot of quotes and I got a lot of different things. So first I'll tell you that I've been accused of predicting nine out of the last four recessions. Nine out so, of the last four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So needless to say, I'm pretty conservative and I'm always looking ahead to that. But I've been through four official recessions as they've been determined. And my insight is really this, Carol. And I'm going to give you quotes from three different people. There are four quotes and they're I've had them for four, four or five decades now. And they, I think they still hold true. One was my boss, and I think you knew Neil Wetterwer. He's uh, retired. He was my boss of 30-plus years, um, and he always said the housing market never goes to zero. So you think back to 09, 10, and 11, and there were still more than 5,000 new homes built in Metro Atlanta during the worst, right. worst market. You just have to be prepared for that and, and try to you know, take advantage. So that's one quote. The other one, one of the other people you interviewed, Bill Evans, has always told me, or he reminds me, the housing market's cyclical. Mm -hmm. So in the good times, prepare for the bad times. Right. Because then when the bad times get here, you can not only survive, but you can take advantage of the opportunities because there will be some opportunities there. The third quote is from a, a developer, and this was, 
I'll remember always where we were standing. And when I asked John Yost, or at that time, Mr. Yost, um, his son, Rick, is still out there developing today. But I asked Mr. Yost, I said, how did you survive the recessions of the 60s and the 70s and the early 80s? And exact quote from him was, well, I figure when the worst of my competition is doing well, it's time to pull back. And that is just, I think, valuable advice for any business. And what he meant was the mark, when the market's overheated, it's covering mistakes. Oh, absolutely. So he would just take his foot off the gas pedal. And then the fourth quote is back with Neil. I have a bunch of Neilisms, but <laughs> his was always, don't confuse a good market with genius. Right. So it's just, you just got to know where you are. Yeah. Well, and I think we've seen some of that coming out of uh, the pandemic. You know, you could sell almost anything for a while. And now we've realized, okay, got to make some adjustments because exactly. our salespeople don't necessarily know how to sell. We, I don't know. We may be back right now to being able to sell anything we build, too, because there's just so little inventory. Um, possibly. Yeah. No, salespeople became order takers. Mm-hmm. And we started talking to our builders a couple of years ago, you know, ramping up that sales training. Yep. Because, yeah, in second half of 22, first half of 23, you know, builders had to pull an old play out of their playbook to move inventory and create right. a minimum. And part of that was learning how to sell again because they yeah. hadn't had to. Right. And even learning how to market again because oh, they exactly. didn't have to for a while either. So, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, interesting. You had to go back to the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit about how lending has changed over the years. Mm. Well, when I started in the first couple decades, as you know, the well, you weren't there early, but um, you're much younger. uh, (laughs) I'll let you think that. All right. The builders we banked were all in the Arvida Builder Program or the Jim Cowart Builder Program or the Wade Johnson Builder Program or the Willoughby and Sewell Builder Program. And, you know, we would try our goal was to make A and D loans to those guys if we could and then try and get those individual small builders and get their construction loans. That mm-hmm. was the lending. That's what you did. There was very little end user development and building. Um, well, that went away with the Great Recession. Yep. And as you know, I don't know of hardly any builder programs that are out there because the cost of development is equal to the value of the lot now. Right. There's, there's no profit there, so there's no incentive to try and go out and develop and do that. So for us, for bankers and construction lending, you've gone from builder programs. If you're banking, you know, the small privately held builders to now they're having to develop their own lots. Mm-hmm. So it's end user, whether it's six lots, 20 lots, 80 lots, whatever, they're having to do it. So that's now what we're doing is is financing that so from the type of client that's how it's changed during my career um and just like in housing banking continues to get more and more regulated oh yeah i mean more you you go back to 91 coming out of that recession we had fiducia and firea and all these different regulations coming out and we won some and then of course out of the great financial crisis with you know all the different entities and organizations and i'll see you know we'll see more regulation coming out of here so it's just the regulation is is higher and higher but carol one thing that has not changed 
in my, I guess it's five decades, if you count by decade, <laughs> is the relationship part of it. Right. I mean, that that has not changed. That's That's one of the best parts of this business. Yeah. Well, and that's a great segue to my next question. Um, I know that you have been heavily involved in the Greater Atlanta Home Builders Association over the years, as well as Home Builders Association of Georgia. You've, you're a life director with the Greater Atlanta HBA. Talk just a little bit about what those organizations have added to your career. Um, going back to when I started that first year in the department, Neil and then his boss, Bill Saravetsa, preached to me that we needed to be at every single Home Builder Association meeting. We needed to be involved. We needed to be active. We need to be committed um, because the quote that I heard them say time and time again is we need to support the association that supports the industry that puts food on our table. Yep. And that's uh, so that's where we got into it. So when I got into Cherokee County with the Bank of Woodstock, first thing I did is I went to that first my first meeting. I think it was the old Pinecrest Inn, if I remember. I can't remember up in Holly Springs and George McClure and his dad, Raleigh, took me under their wing and going under their wing meant he immediately put me in charge of something and and really got me involved and um, busy and active in the association. So that's, and I've, we've tried to continue that today. Today, I've got um, my fellow lender, Elaine Cook. She's getting really involved with the HBA and homemade. I've got, we got Will Burnham, young lender coming up the ranks with us that he's going to involve with the Rising Star, whatever that program is. Through, yeah, young you know. professionals. Yeah. Yes. So it's, we just believe in doing that. And here's, here's really two big things for us. I've already told you about the support you know, the association and the industry and food on the table, but the networking is so huge for me. Oh, absolutely. I want to be able to pick up the phone and call somebody in concrete or somebody in building materials or some, you know, my, uh, I know all my banking competitors and they're all really good friends. So, you know, I, I just, we like to, I don't want to say share information because you got to be careful with that, but you, right. um, we just want to make sure we all know what's going on out there in the market. Um, the other thing, and I don't know if you've ever, you've probably heard the, uh, what I tell people when you get involved in the HBA, it's the, as with any organization, it's the chicken and the pig story. So when you sit down for breakfast and you look at your plate and you got eggs and you got bacon, mm -hmm. well, the chicken was involved in your breakfast. The pig was committed. <laughs> he gave it everything he had. So when you get involved in an organization that's a big part of your career, you need to be the pig. You need to be committed. That is a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. You get out of it what you put into it. You do. If you join and you never go, guess what? You're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You get out and sometimes you get out more than you put in, but you don't do it for that reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Well, and that's that's good advice for young people getting involved in the uh, you know association. Well, so you've already get, you've got two pieces of advice already. If <laughs> if somebody asks for a volunteer, hold up your hand. You know, raise your hand, right. volunteer, and uh, you know, give back, participate. You know, get involved. What other advice do you have for you know a young person who's interested in a career in builder finance? Um, I, I'm going to 
go down. I'm going to go a little side trip real quick. When you talked about the volunteer raising your hand, uh-huh. we'll tell you. My sons are 23 to 32 years old, and they will tell you to this day because they we, we instilled that in them. And we'd be at a scout meeting and I'd ask for a volunteer and they tell everybody around, quick, raise your hand. <laughs> like, why? He said, because sometimes my dad will call on those that didn't raise their hand. Mm. Those that volunteer get to go have dessert. Right. Ones that didn't volunteer go have clean. To clean up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, you volunteer no matter what, you're going to get right. one or the other. Yeah. So that this is a great question because I've done a lot of interviews at colleges over the years and still do some. I have been doing some. But one of the questions a um, potential applicant is asking us is, all right, Bob, what what do you like best about your job? And that's always such an easy answer for me. And it, it, it's the best part of my job is, and I still do it to this day, is when I'm talking to one of my clients and we're talking about a new development and we meet out at the site and we put on our boots. And in the old days, you took the big set of working drawings. Now you better pick up a stick and you start walking the proposed center line of the street. You walk the, you know, the perimeter of the property. You need the stick for all the spider webs. Um, hold that in front of you. <laughs> so they're telling me as we're walking, they, I'm going to cut here, I'm going to fill here. And you just, they give you the best um, picture of what the lots are going to look like. So then we finance that development. Then we finance the construction loans. And then later you drive through there and you see the kids out playing. You see the people walking their dogs, washing their cars. And you know, you've had a small part in their American dream. Absolutely. And it it started just walking that raw piece of dirt and just using your imagination of what's going to happen. That that's what I just tell people. If you can buy into that, if that gets your blood moving, you'll like this business. Right. If you don't want to do that, you probably ought to find something else to do. Yeah. I I think that is one of the most fun things about this whole industry is you get to see something, you know, built, there's something tangible and then it's, you know, and it's rooted in everyday life. You know, it's where, you, you know, a family's going to move in and make, you know, all their memories and take all their pictures. And yeah, it's just, it's something really special to be part of. It, it, it really is. And I find myself at gatherings and I'll always ask people, where do you live? Oh, I live in John's Creek. And I'll go, really? What? Where? Oh, off this street. I said, really? What subdivision? Yeah. And it's like, oh, they tell me the subdivision. I said, yeah, I financed that. <laughs> it's really cool. Yep. Yeah, that's really neat. Crafting the perfect marketing strategy is like constructing the perfect pair of jeans. You need all the right components and expertise. Unlike trying on a dressing room full of jeans, denim marketing makes the process painless and easy. Denim marketing is the market leader in creating quality original content for home builders, developers, remodelers, and others in the industry. Call 770-383-3360 or email carol at denimmarketing.com to find out how denim marketing can be a comfortable fit for your social media, public relations, marketing campaigns, email marketing, blogs, and other marketing needs. Well, reflecting back on your career, what are you most proud of? 
Uh, I think, I mean, I touched on it earlier. The one thing that hadn't changed in this business, and that's the relationships. relationships yeah. Yeah. It's just that the relationships I've formed, I mean, I'm going to give you, I told you I was full of bullet points and definitions, but I'll give you the de- my definition I learned for a relationship so many years ago, and it's not looking at each other, but looking in the same direction together. Oh, I like that. So that's always been my ongoing philosophy of it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not the banker. You're not the builder. We're both looking at this project and we want it to work and be a win-win. So let's figure out how to, how to make it happen. But my, the builder clients that I've banked, I'm on, I'm at, I'm banking second generation. And actually in one case, third generation. Wow. Um, so it's, you know, they, a number of my clients were at my wedding 35 years ago. I've been at their kids' weddings. It's uh, it's just, uh, you know, everybody's a human being. Yep. And you, you treat them that way. Yeah. So that's that's with the clients. I mean, my team at South State, I, I just couldn't ask for a better team. Um, we've been in the same office 15 years. Just the, the, the clients I already mentioned. And of course, as you mentioned earlier, the Home Builders Association. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the people I've met over the years from uh, my fellow competitors, all the associates, the staff. I mean, it's just uh, everybody there wanting to do, going back to looking in the same direction. Looking in together. the same direction. Yep. Yeah, we're trying to make this the best industry possible. Yeah, I love that. Well, you also mentioned you have two or three kids. Four boys. Yeah. Four four boys. All right. So your dad obviously kind of coached you in the direction of banking. Do you have anyone, any of your kids interested in banking or finance, or they've all gone different ways? Uh, my oldest actually started as a major in finance at college and then took a class on IT security and Cybersecurity. And, and off he went. <laughs> and, he's, uh, and he's doing very well. He's a consultant um, doing uh-huh. that. But um, now I, I, I've let them, you know, choose what is their passion. Yeah. Because again, for another quote, if you love your job, you never work a work day, a day in your life. Yep. So That's a good one. I, I learned early on that it's, you know, the school they pick, they're the ones that have to go there. The job uh-huh. they pick, they're the ones that have to do the de- work every day, not me. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I have to let them do it. Yeah. So uh, so any of them in the construction industry at all, or no? I've got yeah. consulting, cybersecurity. I've got logistics. I've got um, one that's in sales for dental supply, and then my youngest just graduated from App State, and he's he wants a career eventually in what Austin's doing. So, Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, none of them. In, uh... That's crazy. Yeah. Really interesting. Well, talk a little bit about your current um, position with South State Bank and you know what South State Bank focuses on. Okay. As I mentioned, I've been in the same office for 15 years. Of course, before that, I was trust company, SunTrust. And our clients, our builder clients are just the privately held building companies. Uh, full-time operating companies, family health typically. I'll try and make this my last quote. (laughs) And a number of my clients can give this to you, but we always focus on this. You know, there's a lot of builders that can build a house, fewer that can build a house and make money, and fewer still that can build a house, make money, and run a business. And that's our ideal client and what we're doing. And we're in it for the marathon. We're in it for the long run. Um, not projects, but you know, I'm 
You want to be banking the same people. A number of my clients um, were introduced to us by those developers right? Um, when they left a public builder. And we we were there when they started their company and have still mm-hmm. been, you know, been able to still be be their bank. Our our management at South State has been really good to support what we're doing. You know, in this tumultuous time right now, they're, you know, they keep telling us, take care of your, your clients, um, be out there and do that. The uh, I mentioned we got a great sales staff with Elaine and with Will and our support staff. And of course, we got a great mortgage division. We got great treasury management. It's just a it, it's it's wonderful. We're in six states, two hundred and forty branches. Wow! And and if I could show, I, I'd have to. You could see it on our website. The uh, our guiding principles and our core values is just it, it's what I've kind of put my career on. Yeah. You know, it's lasting relationships. I'm just glancing over at it. Um, you know, long term horizon. So it's that's what we want to be. Yeah, fantastic. So if you've if, if there's a smaller builder out there that's looking to grow or looking for capital, they should give you a call. They can give me a call. I'll be happy to talk to them, um, see if there's a fit now. Mm-hmm. You know, tough part is you ask if you go to BDL, Builder uh-huh. Developer Lender at HBA, yeah. and you go around the room, pretty much every bank right now is saying we're going to take care of our existing clients. New business would be tough. Right. I mean, right. that's just till we see what happens later this year or whatever. That's the standard statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, but I'm, I am happy to talk to, I've talked to a lot of newer, younger builders. And if I can't um, do something for them, because we are pretty strict in our standards, I usually know another banker that I can possibly put them with. And that's where those relationships come into play Bingo. and being friends with your competitors. So, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So what haven't I asked you that I should have asked you? That's always a good question. Or what else would you like to share? Can I start that with a question for you and then you can turn it on me? Absolutely. Um, you've been in this business for a few years. What does this current market remind you of? What period Holy. of time? I didn't give you a heads up on that. I'm sorry. You didn't give me a heads up on it. And this might be a little bit of a scary answer, but this current market reminds me a little bit of 05, 06, 07, where where things were going really well, you know, things were selling well, you know, everybody had everything turned on and, you know, felt positive about the future before we fell off the cliff. Right. So um, that's a little bit of a, a negative response. I mean, I personally don't think we're falling off the cliff, but I guess that's not in my control. You know, the Fed, unfortunately, has a little bit too much control of what happens to all of us. And the reality is they keep trying, trying to slow down the machine. And the machine just keeps saying, we don't care. We're going to keep churning. Right. So I don't quite know what that's going to mean for us because they could, you know, they could keep jacking up rates. And at some point, some point people will slow down on buying as you say the market will not go to zero and it certainly hasn't but inventory might <laughs> right yeah or well, we so. saw that second half of last year yeah. when mortgage rates hit 7 in june or whatever yeah i mean so, it's yeah. it's a hot market right now i mean um i guess you know turning that question back around is this what the, is that the same thing this market reminds you of uh, there's some similarities to that but it's it, it actually rem- reminds me a lot more of 1988-89. Okay. And and here's the reasons if I've got time to kind of go through them with you. Yeah, um, go through them. Let's hear them. All right. So in spring of 88, we had a really good 
housing market. The Fed started raising rates in the spring of 88 um, to try and cool things down. And we had a record loan production month in May of 88 because our builders and all those builder programs I mentioned had had sold their specs and start, they replaced them. And mortgage rates jumped up and the spigot just turned off that summer of 88, just like it did in the summer of 22. Yeah. So the builders, I mentioned the old the play out of their old playbook, the builders then um, adjusted prices, offered incentives, primarily buy downs, mm-hmm. moved their inventory, and then were able to then build momentum late 89 and then to 90. So our builders during that point in time and through the oh, the 91 recession did not lose money. They didn't have severe losses. They all stayed in business. We didn't lose a penny on any on any lending at that point in time. But take that and move it aside. And then the rest of the world, what you had going on, think to today, mm-hmm. we had um, commercial real estate that was really hitting the wall. Then potentially it's hitting the wall now. <laughs> you had the savings and loan crisis going mm-hmm. there. If you were a builder in partnership with the Texas SNL, you had problems. If you were in one of these builder programs, you were going to be okay and you got through your stuff. So you had, and today we got the banking situation with those um, other banks. Um, so you've got some similarities there. And then you also then, we had people moving to Atlanta from California. From the, And that's when UPS came in the early 90s. Connecticut. Hmm. I mean, so you had the same in migration to, right. to, to Southeast. And then you also had an 88, 89, you had an oversupply of multifamily. Mm-hmm. So it became cheaper to rent versus buy. There's a potential oversupply of multifamily out there right now with the record units under construction. So there's a lot of similarities to that. But what the big difference, and you touched on it, Carol, is there's no inventory right now. New or resale. I've never known a resale market to be this slow and not compete with the new home market. Right. Or in the marketing terms, the used home market. <laughs> versus the There's not very market. many used homes out there right now that are for sale. Because, and, you know, no. it makes sense. Nobody wants to sell their house, even if they're going to make a ton of money on it. Then what are they going to buy? And, at, right. you know, six, seven percent interest. Yep. You know, unless they're a cash buyer, it's not. And it's just not something that's very palatable, so, right. especially if you're used to, you know, 3%. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that may be similar for housing this time. We don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. find out um, because there there is the potential out there where we could get suddenly a bunch of supply of used homes. Yep. For a variety of reasons, whether that happens or not, I don't know, but. Our builders, ninety ninety one, when the recession hit, they were doing fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, I didn't start my company till nineteen ninety nine. Okay. So uh, right out 90, of high school. Yeah, yeah, right out of high school. So yeah, I um, I worked for a yeah a brief time out of college for the Atlanta Botanical Garden and Zoo Atlanta. I was at Zoo Atlanta through the Olympics ninety four through ninety eight, and uh, as their PR director. So. So I kind of missed, you know, some of what was going on and its impact on the housing industry there because I wasn't quite in the industry yet. So, but that's uh, it's 
It's interesting to reflect, you know, they say uh, history repeats itself, but it often repeats itself with different twists. So we'll see what twist we get this time. Yep. Yes, we will. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Before I let you go, let our listeners know how they can get more information on you and South State Bank. Okay. Um, I sent you different links to websites, but I think the best one is the southstatebank.com. Okay. backslash Atlanta, because that takes you right to our Atlanta division region of Perfect. our South State website. And then you can explore from there on the on the website in general. Uh, my direct office line, 770-274-4903. And my email is rlchapin at southstatebank.com. Well, your email box is now going to be full. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows how to reach Bob. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and to be one of our legends of real estate and to share all of your years of knowledge. And just, you know, I think it's just kind of fun to reflect on, you know, a decades long career and all the people that you mentioned. It was fascinating to hear all of your quotes. Um, I, I will probably be reusing some of those. I've always used them. Feel free. Yeah, they, they'll, then you'll never work a day in your life. I think a lot of us use. And there's so much truth in that. You know, if, yes. if you love what you do, it's not work. Correct. So, and it makes a big difference because you do, you know, you're at work the bulk of your day. So you better love it. So. That's right. Well, I'm going to say this is a wrap of this week's Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio. I want to thank Bob Chapin for joining me today and sharing his experience and being one of our legends of real estate. On behalf of Denim Marketing, I'm your host, Carol Morgan. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, then please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating and review. Um, you can also subscribe for free to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Many of our episodes are also on YouTube. So you can click that notification bell at the top of the screen on YouTube so that you never miss another episode. If you're interested in being on the show, shoot me an email, carol at denimmarketing.com, and let me know what you'd like to talk about. And with that, again, thank you for listening. I look forward to seeing everyone right here again next week. Today's episode was made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite real estate blog, and source for real estate news, trends, new home communities, model homes, builders, and more. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your podcast or iTunes app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show.